Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, beautiful humans. Welcome to episode 17 of Croversation. It does seem that I start a lot of my podcast episodes off with an apology. And this one is no different. Um, I apologise sincerely for missing my episode completely. The last episode, um, obviously this is a fortnightly podcast, And I missed an episode. So you've been four weeks without an episode. So thank you so much for sticking with me through that. I had a lot of shit going on. I'm a human being. I don't really know what else to say. But uh, super grateful for all of your continued support. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope I make up for it with this week's episode. It is an amazing episode. It's with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful woman who I've known for quite a while now. We've always seemed to be on the opposite sides of the world, which I guess happens when you're a performer. Um, but we actually managed to sit down in a room for the best part of an hour and have a bloody good chat. She is so, so, so fucking interesting. She's a performer like myself and, uh, travels the world and she's had some quite interesting things happen to her. Uh, (laughs) I'll let you just listen and find out what it's, you will, you'll never guess. Like you'll literally never guess. It is so interesting. Um, And that was the reason I approached her for my podcast. However, when I started speaking to her, um, she flagged up that she is an absolute mental health advocate like myself. So we delved quite deeply into that. Very, very interesting. Very, very uplifting. I learned a hell of a lot from this girl. She really, really inspired me. You know, I came away feeling so freaking inspired. I know she was quite nervous um, about talking about some of the things that we discuss, but... um, I just want her to know that she didn't need to be nervous at all and, and it it really moved me and I think it's going to move a lot of you too because I know you guys feel the same way about mental health as we do. You're going to freaking love it. Um, so, this lovely lady that I have on episode 17 of Crevisation is the gorgeous Katrina Darling. She really is a fucking darling. You're going to love her. Check out her Instagram. She has such a unique look. And she's an absolute fucking queen. I know I say that about everyone. It is also true about everyone. But this girl is literally almost royalty. And you will see why when we chat about it. But um, yeah, this week's episode, very heavy on mental health, um, which is another thing I'd like to touch on before we begin. I have begun fundraising for the charity Mind. 
If you've never heard of Mind before, they are a mental health charity. They um, have services that you can access if you are um, struggling with mental health problems. Um, they also campaign globally, I think, possibly globally, definitely within the UK, um, for just general awareness about mental health conditions, etc. Um, and I think they're a fucking diamond of a charity to raise money for. I don't know if they get anything from the government, so it's really important that we support them in every way we can. Um, I'm fundraising for this because I am doing something that I agreed to, and I'm not sure I should have, but I've agreed to it now, so I've got to do it. Um, and that is Tough Mudder, which is uh, an obstacle course through lots of mud. Yeah. I'll let you guys um, research that for yourselves if you want to see how much of a fool I'm about to make of myself. But if you'd like to donate for my cause, <laughs> please do. I don't want to be doing this in vain. Um, you can go to uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Rebecca Crow UK. Um, I'll leave the link here. Obviously, if you're listening on Acast, you can click through all the links um, and get straight through that way. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just jam that into Google. Also, if you check out any of my social media at the moment, um, you'll find the link to the Just Giving or the Virgin Money Giving page. Thank you so much to everyone that's already donated. I'm halfway to my target almost, and it's the best feeling. I can't wait to just give back to such an amazing charity. Oh, makes me feel all alive on the inside, not my usual dead inside. <laughs> so let's crack on with this episode, shall we? Um, as usual, if you would like to find me online, you can find me at Cats and Crows, K-A-T-S-A-N-D-C-R-O-W-S. Um, if you're listening on Acast, thank you so much, and please take full advantage of the click-through links. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then if you wouldn't mind leaving me a little five-star review, and then also a written review as well, if you've got the time, all this does is help Cravestation become more um, accessible and viewable to everyone, and that's how we spread our good word, really. So thank you if you've done that. If you haven't already and you've got the time, please do... I will love you forever. All right, beautiful human beings, let's get cracking on episode number 17 with the gorgeous Katrina Darling. This is Crevisation. When I was growing up, all my role models were male. I didn't see anyone I could relate to in the press, online, anywhere. Now, I'm surrounded with the most phenomenal women. They've each endured unique hardships and survived more than survived. They thrive. But still, women are not equal in the world, not represented in the media, not treated equally online, and still subjected to sexism in everyday life. Alternative women especially are more a hashtag than they are real humans. I want to change that. I want you to see the women I see. I want you to hear them. This is Clovisation. Hey, beautiful humans. So sorry again for me missing my episode the last two weeks. Um, I've had a bit of a crazy life, but I'm back on it now. And I've got a very, very fabulous guest for you this week. She is a fucking queen. I met this girl a few years ago through working in nightclubs with her. She's a performer like myself, although she is far more glamorous than me. And I think you're gonna like her. She's got an incredibly interesting brain and an incredibly interesting life. So, please welcome Katrina Darling. Hey. Hey, girl. Hi. How are you? 
I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. How's it? It's a chill day for once. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice yeah. weather. No you work, work tonight, no shows this evening. <gasps> have you got any work this weekend? Yeah, I have. I'm um in the West End all weekend, mm. as usual. I was meant to be in Russia this weekend, but unfortunately I had issues with visa and stuff because I had you have to hand your passport over and things like that. Oh, so really? Been, yeah, for a few days and like biometrics and then like bank statements and I just didn't have I had shows out of the country as well before then so I needed my passport with me I had no idea I've never been to Russia yeah man it's intense I've not been before either really I would really have liked to go because it's my birthday on Monday as well is it yeah so it's just like oh that would have been awesome to be like in Moscow of my birthday weekend but oh London will have me instead (laughs) we'll be happy to have you babes you travel a lot they don't need for your job similar to me yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm away at least, I don't know, four or five times a month. Really? Yeah, which, like, can get pretty intense when you're, like, leaving a show on a Thursday evening at 3 a.m., going straight to the airport, getting there, barely sleeping all day, going for a <gasps> meal to make sure, because you have to eat, that's important. Yeah, fitting food in when you can. And then you get ready and you do the show and then that lasts until silly o'clock in the morning. And then by that time, you've got back to the hotel, packed your suitcase, pretty much got an hour or so before you're <laughs> back at the airport. <gasps> then you hit London, I'll nap for a couple of hours, and then you've got early shows on the Friday oh. and the Saturday and then the Friday. <laughs> People wonder why we go a little bit crazy, do they? Yeah, so <laughs> I become a bit nocturnal, but... It's good. Yeah. It's nice to see the sun. It's there when I get up. It's there when I go to bed. <laughs> Thank God for the sun. It's actually the longest days of day, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the summer solstice. It is, actually. Um, yeah, I've got some stuff to do this evening, then. Yeah? Do some witchy, crystally some stuff? Witchy, yeah. Well, it that. was the yeah, supermoon last Wednesday. Or was it? So I'm just ah. completing a few things that were put out into the universe. Oh, I love that. Is that, is that something that you really find helps you in like kind of keeping yourself sane yeah in a way I kind of uh stepped away from it for quite a while it was something I was really really interested in like growing up and things like that but um it just sort of came back to me and I think it's kind of like any type of religion what if you believe in sort of like the secret or anything Mm. like that or the universe or the power of karma or anything I think no matter what ritual, whether it's a Catholic ritual or a Hindu ritual in a church, yeah. wherever you're putting your intention is a form of prayer and a form of energy. And I think just putting it down, whether even that's just journaling. Oh, I know. Writing it journaling. down. Like, that's just so helpful. I just do it to almost like put myself in a position where I'm accountable for making what I want to happen happen. I like which that. Which is really good. Yeah. Kind of like envisioning it and making it. Yeah. materialize yeah if I, I like took that. the time to sit down and focus on what I want and meditate on it then why am I wasting my time doing that if I'm not going to follow through yeah you know what I mean I like that yeah no cool I find in our industry it's quite easy to get swept up in it isn't it yeah but like people it is, I guess it is quite glamorous to a way it is but you get, with anything so you get wild. so wrapped up in life and the doing it that you don't step back and think well where is this going where do I want to be yeah like, what am I getting out of this? What's making me happy? Do I need to like just check in with myself and see if we're heading in the right direction or yeah. we're off a bit, you know? Yeah. Do you think that's helped you in your career so far? 
Yeah, I do. I do. I don't do it as often as I should. This has like been very much a, over the past couple of months, like a come on Katrina, you've got this because everybody has their ups and downs and mental health and things like that. So I think I just got to a point where I was like, I'm co- I'm getting my confidence back a bit more. I'm getting my sass back, and I'm yes, queen. Yes, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling powerful, and I'm ready to like put myself out into the world. I love that. Yeah. So you've you've been a performer how long? Oh god, like nearly ten years. Really? But actually, no, it will be ten years because I auditioned a few weeks before my 18th birthday for a local burlesque troupe. Five. And then performed two weeks after my 18th birthday. That's so, so freaking sick. cool. And that's no back in your hometown. legal shows right here. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I'm 28 on Monday. So yeah, 10 years. Girl, that's you're killing cool. it. You're killing it. <laughs> and you started up north? Yeah. Where are you from originally? Um, so I'm originally from Sunderland mm-hmm. and I grew up there and I was really into the alternative metal scene. Like I was bar hopping at 14, 15. Of I mean, that's going how you all the teenage nights. <laughs> like, it was me and a bunch of like 20 year old sweaty men uh, <laughs> in the pit. Just me being launched about basically. I, you know, when you go to festivals and you see those beach balls yeah. just being like chucked around in the piss <laughs> bottles in the crowd. That's me. That's me too. Just, just small white people being like, okay. Yeah, so I used to play in bands and stuff as well. Did and you? Saw, yeah, I did. Um, I saw, and I used to play the drums a bit as well. Fab. Um, Is that how you kind of found your creative performance yourself? Yeah, I think I'd always, from a kid, I was always like in the school choir and doing solos and things like that or a bit geeky and I was projector girl. Oh, <laughs> like, I was like, you've done it all. Yeah, I was into it. Um, but I just really like expressing myself, whether that's through making costume, dancing, singing, gardening, growing things, like painting. Like I just, I'm, I need to be doing things with my hands and like getting it all out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's really healthy. So you started... Your burlesque at 18. Yeah. And then you performed just locally? Yeah, so it was at, um, a, a, it's not called that anymore, but it was a pub called The Borough in Sunderland. Oh, wicked. I shit you not, the stage was milk crates with MDF on top. No. And it was a guy um, who went by Jupiter Milo that organised this. Of course he did. Um, yeah, I actually give him his name. Really? Go on. Cute. Tell me story. Because he, um, he had a dog called Milo, so he oh. wanted to incorporate that into his name. And he's like, Duke something, but I was like, Jupiter Milo, there you go. So anyway. Fancy. That was actually just before the show, I think, as well. And I did a few shows with those guys, and then... I don't know, I just got a bit, I don't like structure, mm. I'm really bad with structure, <laughs> so I was the, it was 18, I was flaky, and I just sort of was more into doing my own thing as well, and creating more stuff, but I had a really good time, and I'm still in touch with them all, and they're amazing people, they still do shows up North really? as well, yeah. Do you ever go back and visit? Um, yeah, I go back a couple of times a year, I've got like a niece and nephew that Aww. I like to see, but yeah, and my friends... So, so you still so, got like quite a good route up there up north. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I wasn't particularly popular, but there are like a few individual diamonds up there Aww. that like, I keep in my life. That's wicked. So how did you get from performing on milk crates and MDF to working in the West End? Um, how did that translate? Oh, bloody hell. It's a bit, it like, it was a nice mosey up the hill in a scenic path, and then it just sort of like roller coastered yeah. really crazily. So I was... um. 
I was performing like small local burlesque cabaret shows and things like that and a few corporate events in the northeast and alongside that I was obviously doing promo shoots and things like that to promote my burlesque. I wasn't particularly interested in modelling mm. but then alternative clothing companies would be getting in touch and asking me to send Wicked. products to shoot. So that sort of snowballed. Yeah. Just, you know, the power of the internet really put me in a good position to be able to do that. And I think as well, for me, the scene in the Northeast, aside from this collective, was actually really, really vicious to me. And I had such a bad experience with bullying when I first started performing that I kind of just wanted to do anything outside of the Northeast. Yeah. Um, And I found a really like great collective of people in Scotland as well in Edinburgh and Glasgow there are some amazing warm-hearted performers that I learned so much from amazing um yes yeah, so that was really nice to go and to be able to to find my tribe up yeah there outside of the territorial yeah Northeast. that's a shame yeah it is a shame but you know what would you say to anyone they're like getting into performing now and they have the same experience what would you say to them I think, well, I'm a lot older now, and the, the people that were doing that were actually older than me at the time. And How immature. Yeah, well, it is. and yeah. But, I mean, we've all been there. I yeah. Mean, probably not to that degree, but we've all said something shitty about a girl that we've been a bit petty jealous, and jealous yeah, about. Of I mean, they it's went out you admit that a day. bit, but, like... We've all been fucking misguided and like quite cruel due to our own insecurities and not knowing our own place in the world. Completely. So I'm not going to hold on to that because I think it's, it's not really on me. Like, no. I kind of feel bad that obviously they felt insecure in their place and they wanted their shows and you know, it just, I could see what was going on, yeah. but it just wasn't the place to be like, so, hey, how about we have this conversation? Because it just wasn't... It, wasn't it wouldn't have helped. Now. And you've got to think about yourself as well, like... Yeah, you've got to look after your own mental. Completely. So you went, you went to Glasgow, and then you came out to London, and you started working in the West End. Well, yeah, well, I came down to London after I'd been performing and doing these shows, and I had a few different acts that I did. So, like, fan dances and things like that. So classic. So fabulous. Goddess, which is gorgeous, but... I like a bit more, like a bit more grit. Yeah. So in pictures and stills, my performance looks very classic and tasteful. But hopefully with how I present myself on stage and how I come across and how I deliver is very different to what you would actually see a taste. It is tasteful. A classic, classic. It's less prim and proper. It's a bit more (laughs) I love that. Um, yeah, so where was I, man? I'm tangenting. <laughs> went... We went, came down to London, West End. No, I'm still lost. <laughs> well, let's get back onto the gritty thing, because I really love the idea that, obviously, classic burlesque, a lot of people do. Um, I don't I do not do it. I do kind of like more freaky yeah. burlesque. I do a lot of freak show. And I think that comes from kind of my experience, like growing up and stuff and my friends and stuff. Like, I've always been a bit weird, a bit quirky, and I always like the shock factor. Yeah. Do you think your kind of like experience in life has led to being a bit more gritty on stage? Fuck yeah, I've always yeah. been the freak in the room. Yeah. Like, whether it's been at home with my family, <laughs> I've always been the outspoken, unable to understand why everything's going on the way it is, yeah. kind of a person who beats to their own drum. Yeah. So, perfect. yeah, that's like... Like that's my favorite kind of performance, and I wish I was brave and braver in doing more of that as yeah. well. 
Because I think sometimes it is very easy to be very mainstream. Of course, it's where the money is. You've got to make money. Oh, well, yeah, of course. You know, everyone's got to eat. And I'm very fortunate that I can do that work. Because although I'm very actually quite heavily tattooed, mm. I've managed to position them in ways that can be hidden as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's actually where the heart and soul of it's at. Yeah, because when you when you go to a corporate environment, you go to a West End club. That's the sanitized version. Yes, it's sanitized sex. It's sanitized. It is. It's like women's bodies. You know what I mean? Which Absolutely. is like mannequins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think as well that actually in the alternative circles that's what makes me anxious is because i mean i even saw a performer today posting saying that they won't perform on stages that have all under 30s white cisgendered fucking normal yeah i'm a size eight i have a tiny waist i have like bits where they are yeah i grew into this body (laughs) and there's nothing i can do in that about that but also you're reading me as a closed book that's very true and i think that we just have to deal with people on an individual basis yes i think it's because i feel very ostracized from that because people look at me and i do get that that nastiness as well where it's like well she's a skinny girl what the fuck's she doing yeah as if you haven't experienced anything in your life yeah like if you want to see her she's fucking everywhere yeah but you've got something extra because everybody has everybody has something different about them don't they everyone's got their own charisma yeah 100 percent. yeah I like that girl. So and I think you've got to buy into personalities, not into fucking, are you black? Are you trans? Are you this? Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. What those things are, it's what you bring to the table and Completely. how you deliver. You can still be a horrible person regardless of what yeah, you like. You can be a glorious, yes. wonderful person. And look You're all completely still normal. egos. Everybody's still an ego. You know, you know? girl. <laughs> the reason I bring up the personality thing is, obviously you're a performer, you've been performing a long time, and people probably don't know this about you. But you have bipolar disorder. Yeah. Yeah, I got diagnosed with that a few years ago. Um, which is something that's pretty much been a part of my life since... I mean, like, six or seven years old. Yeah. I've always had that almost perspex window in front of me, just being like, I'm not... No, you don't <laughs> get it. Like. Yeah, they don't see it. Um, yeah, so it's always been something that I've struggled with and is held me back a lot but also has been some I don't want to like glorify or glamorize it because you have cases like Robin Williams committing suicide and things like that and people say oh well he wouldn't be so wonderfully talented if he wasn't so mentally tortured which is fucking bullshit it's not good it's not good for anything for anyone and it's like I feel fortunate that I have the ability to be artistic to get that out of me but it also comes with other pressures and other things that aren't conceivable to to people who have normal jobs. Yeah. And I mean, I do have normal realities that everybody else has, but of course, you got rent, you got bills. It's, it's a got... different lane, you know. Completely, it's a completely different ride. And bipolar for me meant a lot of not being able, starting things, not being able to finish them. Right which was the most disappointing and like self-confidence crushing thing about it because I'd go into manic phases of being able to do amazing things and really overachieve and push myself beyond and then comes the crash Mm. and you've got to deal with that and that means maybe weeks not getting out of bed you know rapid cycling thoughts and 
like you said, when you've got to make money and you've got to function in society, it's very difficult to manage being. Yeah. <laughs> society isn't constructed for somebody who can't just be kind of like on a level all the time. Yeah, no. You know? And everybody has ebbs and flows and be, being depressive and feeling depressive isn't the same as depression. Absolutely. It's totally different. How? Yeah. What would you say to people who think that possibly bipolar and depression are similar if not the same thing well bipolar is a is a mental condition whereas depression is a symptom yeah. of that condition so things like depression and anxiety are usually your body's way of telling you that something's not going on right upstairs in terms of is that your environment is it things that are happening in your life that are triggering these things because for me that's usually the best way that I manage my symptoms is by looking at my environment because you can take all of the medication in the world and for some people it works great and that's what works for them but it's still it's a crutch it's something that you can lean on to be able to cope but you've still got you can't be on medication for the rest of your life it's going to damage your liver completely it's the hardest they're just not they're not the best at, their, at all not, are they it's not the most well researched area of medicine We've known nothing about the brain. I mean, it's kind about, of embarrassing how, think about we know. how little we know about female anatomy <laughs> today. Exactly. So let's not even get into what's going on psychologically. <laughs> um, yeah, so honestly, if, just knowing yourself, knowing what triggers you, what sets you off, what keeps you calm, like, yeah, just checking in your environment, what's going on, do what's what would, good for you. What would you say to Katrina 10 years ago? Um, on regards to your mental health Katrina 10 years ago was probably not very aware of her mental health (laughs) I mean she was aware I feel like it wasn't just in the public eyes going on yeah I think I just was in complete denial of um a lot of what had gone on in my past and uh at 18 you're not a fully formed human you're barely you're creating a personality you're just coming into yourself and you're creating this personality who you think you're going to be you know you can't be told nothing and oh my god i thought i knew everything mate i was going out (laughs) and i was a party girl and i had a lot of pain to escape so i was out there having the time of my life but it was so damaging at the same time because it was self-sabotage at the end of the day of course and now I know a lot better I'm not doing naughty things and you know I'm not putting myself in positions where I'm going to make life harder for myself that's good because I care about myself a lot more do you love do you find you love yourself now or are you still working on that oh it's an everyday struggle yeah but I'm getting better at gently nurturing myself and being like come on like don't be like that you know you because I have, especially with bipolar and these manic episodes of like really overachieving, you have this concept of I can actually I can do this and mm. I've proved it and it can actually happen. So the frustration of being able to soar those heights but being weighed right, right down so heavy. physically where my bones feel like lead and I can't get out of bed is... Oh, it's heartbreaking. You feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. You, like, mourn yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? You must have, like, quite a... I don't want to say warped sense of self, but, like, just kind of... I, I would feel confused seeing myself do this and then not recognising the person. Yeah. 
And I think a lot of people, like, forget that, like, you have to learn to self-soothe. Yeah. And you have to learn to speak to yourself with kindness because the world is a fucking nasty yeah. place. Yeah. Do you think you've been and better at being yeah, nice to yourself? Yeah, completely. Because especially in our field and I'm in the media a lot and I've done a lot of, like, covers and things like that. And, I mean, I've been called God knows what and God knows how many languages and God knows how many comment sections that nobody should Christ. ever be fucking reading. No. Do not read the comment I section. I can second that. Ever. <laughs> As RuPaul says, if those bitches ain't paying your bills, pay them no mind. Yes, queen. I tell you. Because it does nothing but reaffirm this negative narrative that you're telling yourself in your head. And you need to tell yourself a better story because if you keep telling yourself these awful stories about yourself, that's what's going to come true. Of course. Even going back to what I was saying before about your intention and how you use that if you're constantly thinking about bad shit about yourself, yeah. you're going to fucking bring bad shit into your life. Of course. And it's so hard to be like, oh yeah, just think great happy thoughts and mm. we'll fly off to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, if only. That's not sensible. <laughs> but if you catch yourself yeah. being a bitch to yourself or being too harsh on yourself, just take a moment, take a breath, step back and just... Change, change the language. Yeah. Change the language that you use with yourself. I've learned that really so recently. So if you say yeah. something negative, go, oh, oh, why do I think that negatively? Is it because I'm disappointed that I didn't do that? Or is that because somebody else is getting that and I don't feel like I'm getting that? And is that because I don't feel like I'm worth it? Yeah. And there's a difference between jealousy and envy. Uh-huh. Envy is healthy. Envy okay. motivates you. If you can see, if you see somebody doing really well, you're like, God, that looks amazing. Yeah. Like, really, I'd love to do that. Like, do you think it drives you? Yeah, that's that's driving you. But when you get into how come she's getting that? Mm. Why is he off doing that? You know? Yeah, conver- why am very I stuck here doing this? I should be doing... That doesn't get you nowhere. No, that's not going to motivate you to do anything. That doesn't add anything to your life. No. I think that's really interesting. I've never thought about it that way. I've always thought about the language we tell ourselves. I've learned it quite recently. Um, and I always think about it like if you eat junk food, your body is going to fucking hate on you. So if oh, you yeah. eat junk thoughts, your body's oh, totally. gonna, your brain's gonna hang on you. Yeah, and we're, we're bombarded with it every second of every day. Yeah, everyone's got a fucking smartphone. Everyone's watching stuff. You can't get the tube without having at least a hundred adverts in your face. Absolutely. Like it's just everywhere, and even in society, the way people look at each other, the way people present themselves, and dress, yeah. it's it's a complete assault, and it's very hard to connect with your inner being yeah what you're about and what's important to you and what you put value on yeah i think it's true i find it as well i think you're completely right about our industry is particularly hard having such a focus on our appearance and social media like i beat myself up if i don't post a good post on social media or if my post doesn't do well but it is it is something that you've really got to learn to kind of step away from especially if you want to be successful in this yeah, industry. man. I mean, I recently like just took some pictures with a neighbor of mine. He's uh-huh. an amazing photographer, V's Anchor Studio, Veronica Marks. She's outstanding. I just posted one this morning, and because I posted it the wrong time, oh because no, my Wi-Fi was in and out, and it fucking posted. It's not got as many hits, which is really disappointing to me in a way that this is really good art. And I'm really proud of this work, and I'm upset that 
algorithms are fucking with oh, me and don't I've even get got me a shadow ban. So nobody's <laughs> getting to like see this because I want to be like, hey, look at this. I want to give this to the world. These cool women making cool shit. Yeah. You know? Was that the one with you wearing the gold shoes? Um, the one that you just posted? They see that? Yeah, they were yellow Jeffrey uh, Campbell sandals. Were they the yellow? Yeah. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah, we just shot them in my flat in my bedroom. And yeah. About. It was nice. It's nice. Oh, I love. Day, I haven't done it in a while. I'm, I've actually stayed away from doing shoots. Really? I, yeah, I think um, after being in the press and the media a lot, like, I got very disconnected from my sense of self and yeah. found that, like, doing photo shoots, because you shoot all the time. I'm sure there's days where you, like... Oh, my God, I, I was getting more and more in the way that I just don't want to. Don't want to, and you're, like, your body's your tool, and you're putting a piece of yourself out there constantly. And I think I just didn't take away any more from spoons you. to give. I had, yeah. like, zero spoons. So Thank you. like... Performing is like tiring me enough, and I know I need new content and things like that because everything changes, job offers changes, you need different styles of things for different opportunities. You've got to stay fluid. Yeah, you've got to to stay relevant, kids. Um, I'm 28, (laughs) so there's all of these cute young girls coming in, and I'm like, and they're great, and they're killing it. I can't just be a cute young thing anymore, I need to like rely on my personality. (laughs) (laughs) But thank fuck have one um yeah so like I just want people to see it yeah and it does get you down it does especially like I said artwork it takes a bit of a bit away from you like I think to create truly amazing art you put a piece of you yeah in it and then when people don't see it it's fucking stupid man like we need a social media platform that's for artists so it doesn't rely on hits or whatever do you not think it's funny that a form of magic is known as expression yeah which is what we do, we yeah. express ourselves. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> God. Yeah. It's hard, isn't it? You know, that's how I find language interesting like that. Yeah, I really enjoy your um, kind of comparison of envy and jealousy. Yeah. I think that's one of my favourite things I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's it's a good analogy for like switching up your Thinking. viewpoint. Yeah. Like, your viewpoint can always change. Complete perspective, it's all about perspective. Yeah. I feel you yeah. Yeah. So let's go back into yeah, sidetrack. No, sidetracking is good. You have such a bloody fascinating life. You really do. I just want to talk to you all day. But let's get back on. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. To your mental health kind of journey. Yeah. How did you first realize, I know you said it was around six or seven, what made you first click? I, I'm different to everyone else. Um, just the way I interacted with the kids, the way they didn't get me, the way I kind of, I didn't overreact in public, but I was a very, very sensitive kid. Mm-hmm. And I would like hold that in. And really? Like, and I came from a, a household of four kids that was um, very busy, very loud. So I just always bottled everything up. And yeah. then when I got to an age where I like went to secondary school and started seeing kids outside of my primary school environment, junior school environment. Yeah. Um, I found like the goth kid and me and her were like best friends and we hung out, we started going out, going to parties and things. And I think just through my interaction with the people and finding that tribe, I became aware of like other kids that had issues. Right. So I dated a guy, like my first boyfriend, he came from a, a really like harsh background and he, uh, it was obvious it was it was really difficult for him and he used to cut himself and I didn't do that personally I mean I had other ways of of dealing with my own trauma I was very bad at eating Mm -hmm. because food was my only control in my life so it was nothing to do with with body image whatsoever so you said it was an eating disorder yeah yeah uh, completely and then because I was going off with all these people and not coming home and being a bit of a bloody tear away (laughs) I remember coming home one afternoon when I was meant to be in school from a party the night before and Mm. my parents were taking my little sister in the car to the doctors because she was off school sick and I got dragged in the car, (gasps) sat down in front of the doctor, um, which was really shameful, like I felt extremely shamed and I was probably like 14, 15 so I was completely indignant and my entire rhetorical of... um, the issues that were wrong with me were all my parents' fault. Yeah. Which a, lot, a lot of my environment and circumstance massively com- contributed to it. Yeah. And my want to be out of the house and to escape that situation, which wasn't something at the age of 14 you can really resolve. Absolutely you not. You can't and go and get a job and move too. out. I didn't really have extended family members that I was close with that I could go and live with. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm just going to have to ride this out. Just going to have to sit with it. Um, which also led me to staying with partners at young age and being in dysfunctional relationships. Yeah. And, um, I dated a guy before my current boyfriend who I've been with for seven years. Oh, amazing. Patients I didn't know that. <gasps> yeah. What a Nathan. Babe. Shout out to Nathan James Fox. Thanks, Nathan. Legend. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Like, he was bipolar and his that was triggered from his dad passing away. Um... He, and he was quite young when that happened mm. um, and that being in a relationship with somebody that was very volatile and we both were it kind of brought out the worst in me it was yeah. like chucking two mad cats in a bag and chucking it into a river mm-hmm. uh, but through seeing him going through processes of dealing with stuff because in the past I'd been given things like citalopram from the doctor mm-hmm. I found that they actually made me really unstable and really, really? happy and 
I remember on citalopram because it's an amphetamine derivative mm-hmm. going into college and physically shaking really because of the drugs that were in of my course. system and that I couldn't function on yeah that. Like, they give me side effects too they make me so dizzy yeah I get vertigo. the side effects are just, I'm just way too sensitive to it and I've tried numerous different brands of different concoctions and they just don't work for me no just managing my expectations yeah my environment and my diet and my sleep yeah really i think that's it go back to basics exercise i'm not so great at but i do dance <laughs> a lot yeah you do you're quite a physical person yeah um yeah so seeing him going through the route of having to see psychiatrists to get diagnosis and things like that yeah and medications that he was put on made me more aware of oh there is a second path past just getting some Doing, doing your little survey Things from every the pill, week yeah. and here's your top of your pill, do we go up, do we go down? Yeah. Because eventually I just stopped taking them. Of course, I get no bored of it. Of care, yeah. And I didn't have a support system around me and there was no sense of community, there's no sense of, you know, I didn't have a significant other that was stable in himself to be yeah. able to, to do that either. So I moved into my own place and I lived on my own for a while. And during this time, um, I've been performing for quite me- like quite a few years. Yeah, so it's probably like twenty. So yeah, twenty twenty one. So two three years. Yeah, and I've been doing this act where I was dressed as a queen. Amazing. Um, to the Sex Pistols, called God Save. Oh the my queen. god, amazing. Um, and I was actually in Glasgow one day. My m- I had a voicemail from a reporter on my phone because I woke mm. up the next day after a show in Glasgow at my friend Snooky Mono's house. And I had this voicemail from a reporter saying that I was related to Kate Middleton and they wanted really? to talk to me further, that they'd spoken to my parents. <gasps> and wow, like, oh, invasive much. Yeah. So basically, I rang my mum straight away and said, like, what, what the fuck <laughs> is this? Because <laughs> as well, it was April Fool's. Oh my God. So, so I was like, just like, what yeah. the fuck is this bullshit? So... That was the craziness of it all. So I rang my mum. What? Um, and she's like, she's very simple living, you know, she's always been a housewife. She's not, not very worldly, bless her. And, you know, these people showed up on her doorstep. Yes. Yeah. All of these freelance um, reporters are trying to do like little exposés on, oh, Kate's such a commoner. Let's look at a common family oh, in the Northeast. And they just expect how awful. it to be. Like Geordie jeans, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with um, that? Oh my god. Well, I know the guy that she's related to, like, owned a fish and chip shop. So they were doing, like, little things like that. And, oh, yeah. Um, my parents obviously mentioned what my brothers and sisters did and what I did in comparison. Mm. Was a Quite outlandish. Yeah. And if you Googled me, there I am in this fucking Union Jack outfit. <laughs> oh, with, of course. With a crown on each titty. <laughs> and another one hiding my crown jewels. Oh, yes. And, I mean, this woman hounded me for weeks. And I'd wow. never... I mean, I'd just been doing local shows and I was just happy, like, doing these little modelling jobs. It seems when you first started out, before you started getting all your yeah. Bitcoin and everything, and... Getting, it's nice, and it's exciting, and it's yeah. fresh, and you're like, you're really excited you do. to do all this work, but also, you're like, 20 years old, you have no taste level. In it. You're like, okay. You have no idea how to conduct yourself in public. Nope. No way. I have no media training. Oh. 
And, you know... They will take full advantage of you. also fucking bipolar and undiagnosed. So this is, like, a bit of a concoction. Yeah. Disaster, really. Oh, babe. So basically, um told this woman well my first response was I rang the royal press office and said look I've been contacted by this reporter I think that's the best thing to do well done well my sister's a teacher okay so if that were to interfere with her job that would break my heart that I wouldn't be able to perform but I would never want to take away her livelihood absolutely have what my choices you know affect people negatively yeah because that's just bad karma yeah absolutely so that was my first reaction because I didn't really want them to just do something really fucking gory mm. and whack it on page three. Um, yeah, so I rang them and they confirmed that yes, we were related. So my dad, um, his mother, and so my grandmother and Kate's great grandfather were brother and sister, so a second cousin. Wow. Yeah, different. You had no idea. But yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this woman handed me and handed me and I just really wasn't up for it. I wasn't comfortable. I felt like it was being pushed. I was content with what I was doing. I just thought, I'm going to make a bit of a tit of myself if I do do it. Yeah. But it became apparent that she was going to run it regardless. Oh, no. So I got in contact with a woman called Claudia Joseph, who does a lot of the like uh, autobiographies and things like mm-hmm. that. And a lot of the times there's pieces on the royal family and stuff like right. that. So she's a bit less, you Not know, quite the star. Yeah, mirror. Yeah. Oh, shocking. So we wrote a piece and we did a lovely interview and we took some pictures and stuff um, and tried to really control the narrative. There's, oh, this is just this girl doing yeah. this nice little thing, blah, blah, blah. And then the day before it was meant to go to press, the Daily Mail stole an article that I did for the local paper <gasps> when I was like 19, rehashed it. Stop referred to me as the royal family's closest brush with soft porn since Kustark. What the and fuck? the first images of me off my personal Instagram and things like that. They were just like selfies and stuff. Yeah. You know, to really paint like what every guy like does. trashy little hoe bag, you know? Oh, for fuck's sake. The Daily Mail really are yeah. something else. And then obviously with it having to do with the royal family, that kind of went global news yeah and i was in like serious business journals <gasps> and really? things like that just because that's how the machine works isn't of course it? and it's it, i had no control over the scenario um but then i also had things like other amazing offers that came through so i'd already been planning to go to new york um to do a show with a guy called lyle derrick who right. then went on to become my manager for a short period oh fair. Um, he's a really great guy. Right. Um, I think he's in Denmark, or Amsterdam, in it. Yeah. Ooh. I want to go over and see him since we're so yeah. close for once because I've not seen him in years. Um, yeah. So basically, he got in touch and he had this night and he wanted to get a like a UK performer over. Yeah. Um, to do this club whip work in progress. In okay. New York. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I've heard of it. We were already planning yeah. to do that. So it's Don. Was it Don? Don's. Oh, like. My memory is shot. I've met so many people over the years. <laughs> I never remember anyone's name. Who's to own it? Possibly. There'll I could not remember. York I could not tell you. flowers in here that can correct me. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so I was going to plan to go and do that anyway, and then this whole press storm fucking kicked up. Yeah. So when I went over there, there were literally paparazzi <gasps> following me around. Really? That's so It was intrusive. so intimidating. Of course. Because I was like nobody. I'm just like this small girl from the middle of nowhere. Compared to the royal family, yeah, everybody's nobody, right? And you just get thrown into the lion's den. Wow. And a small conversation on the roof terrace of uh, my hotel room with a guy called Patrick Duffy, who's an amazing man in New York. Mm. Um, he asked me if I'd ever do Playboy. <gasps> and I was like, well, yeah. Absolutely. I was doing a lot of pinup modeling and things like that. And I was really into like vintage retro. Yeah. Yeah, that was like the epitome of what well, um, everyone's every glamour girl of what you wanted to do so it's like yeah but like as if I'm ever gonna get picked because at the time as well um I'd been quite overwhelmed and unable to deal with all of the craziness that was I'm going sure. on it's a lot the, of strain on the you. press circus and not really having anyone around mm. And um, I had an actual full-on Britney Spears moment. Oh, girl. Shave the head. <gasps> Sinead O'Connor realness. Did you? I actually fucking rocked it. Wow. I had a little pea head. <laughs> and my hair was pretty damaged because it was every colour under the sun. And I was I just like, that's it. I'm done with this. Wow. The post of my hair in the sink, though, because it was pink at the time. I got yeah. so many likes on Tumblr. Oh, really? I thought it was so bad. <laughs> Tumblr! I was so bad on Tumblr. I love Tumblr. Um, I miss it. Yeah. So <laughs> I shaved my head, and I remember lying on the sofa, probably, like, not left it for a couple of days. In yeah. a really bad place. Shaved head. And then this, like, I was watching E! News or something. Yeah. And I was on fucking E! News. <gasps> No. And, like, the contrast of this, like, being on TV. Yeah. Like, this com- felt like a completely separate identity. Did completely depersonalise, yeah. Yeah. And I felt like I had no agency over myself. Wow. Because, obviously, regardless of what I did or didn't do, people were going to be making money off me and paying their rent. Absolutely. And selling stories and selling pictures and X tried to blackmail me. Oh my god, stop. Yeah, I had to get the police involved. It, like, it got pretty serious. Yeah. So like, here I am, shaved head, just complete contrast to this, you know. Thing on TV. Thing yeah. on TV, and it's, uh, it's crazy. So I ended up doing Playboy, and I actually wore a wig the entire time. Did you? We called her Marge. <gasps> of course. So they got a hairstylist, um, Chalky and he was amazing. He was, I was such a good team that day. I had so much fun. It was a 3D Yeah, I'm looking at your cover right now, displayed on your wall, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, you look, you look, it's very beautiful. natural. It's I not love like, it. say, for instance, another burlesque performer like Dita Von Teese that's been on the covers. Her yeah. was very much her brand, in her of style. course. But I guess I still feel disconnected from that cover because that was when I was like 20, 21. So when when that was happening, I yeah. wasn't in a good place. I'm 28 now. I'm like, I know yeah. myself. I'm so much more comfortable with myself. And I'm so glad I did Playboy. And I wanted to do it. I yeah. loved it. It was good. a great experience. As long as you were in complete control. I, I had complete control. Good. Even at the end of the shoot, me and Marlena Belinska, the photographer, she was wonderful. Still keep a female photographer. Oh, I yeah, love so that. Yeah, so I got a female fashion photographer. She's, fabulous. She's fabulous. We sat down at the end and we just deleted every single picture that I wasn't happy with. Amazing. That's so, so wonderful. That's the way yeah. it should be. 
Because yeah. people obviously have this kind of warped view of the glamour industry. To be honest, I felt more bad for like the lighting guys and everything because you know it's not an open like penthouse mm, shoot. Yeah. But obviously, when you're facing the camera, everything's discreetly hidden and neatly placed and curved the way it's meant to be. But from the other angle, where the guy's holding the reflector, it's pretty fucking rad. It's like right up there. And like after three days, I think everybody had just seen enough of me. Inside and outside. Yeah. So it was it was a truly bonding experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I still feel like that person up there is not a happy person. Yeah. Because it brings you back all these memories. Yeah. I mean, actually, you know what? I think I'd just I'd love to just do it again. Really? Yeah. Do you think what would you change? Just yourself, your thinking. Just, I don't know. Not even like the aesthetic or the hair or the makeup. It's not even about that. Like, yeah. I had an amazing team. I'd work with exactly the same guys again. Or I'd work with other people. I'm like, more my mind space. Right. Because that is what comes across. Yeah. And my confidence level. Because you can that's see that. a lot of pressure for somebody. Huge. There was big money on that shoot. Yeah. There were people showing up. There were people getting paid. People had flown across <gasps> the world to London to photograph me. Wow. Like, that's important. That's, that's a like, lot of pressure. That's people's livelihoods. And I have to deliver. Yeah. So it was intense. Yeah, I mean, especially... <laughs> and I was on my place. own the whole time. I didn't have, like, a chaperone or really? anything like that. Same with when I went to New York. I've always been kind of fearless like that. Like yeah, independent. Chuck myself out there and make myself learn to swim. <laughs> you I think it's good in a way. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I moved myself to London alone with no friends and made myself homeless to move to London. Yeah. And obviously not homeless in a way that's negatively impacted my life that much, but... I think it shapes you. You gotta struggle. You gotta struggle, but also. I mean, the struggle isn't fun. Yeah, exactly. But how do you know what you're capable of? Like even Push going yourself. to the gym. How do you know that you can't lift that massive weight if you don't push yourself and struggle all the way up through the ranks? Damn like right. You have to. You gotta get there. Flex. Yeah, it's not. Whenever people look at that cover, they just see kind of the end product, but to you. It's so much more than yeah, that. Yeah, that's a deep story. There's like months and months behind yeah. that to me, which is which how do you, is really different. How do you feel having such like a big achievement? So I've, I've got things in my life that are, I consider huge achievements, but they will always have that negative kind of connotation to it. Yeah. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, you get, you get held to a standard all the time, don't you? Mm. And I think a lot of people are actually, because you're your own worst enemy with this, you're holding yourself to that achievement. Yeah. And you think, what's next? Right, i got to do that. i got to do better. i got to one-up myself. What am I delivering mm. next? That's not how life works. Yeah. Life's up and down. Life's going around through a meadow. Getting <laughs> distracted. That's just not how it is. So yeah. you, you've got to really, like, I don't know, just focus on making it happen. Yeah. How do you view that whole section of your life now, if you could sum it up? ongoing yeah yeah because okay. it's still like i was explaining this to my friend arabella drummond the other day who's another i love her person. i haven't Such seen her in too long support. like she's amazing shout out to arabella and one yeah sorry about that. i miss you girl um yeah we've actually been talking about doing a podcast <gasps> you should if you guys need to know anything at all please contact me yeah i can pop me in touch with the people who host mine yeah yeah um it's exciting i'm, oh, I'm, I'm put, so in do it now no, yeah. i said it. it's out there in the you've got to do it, it. commit oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck. what have i done <laughs> so yeah um 
I was saying this to Arabella, like, I feel like when you're a child, you're absorbing everybody else's influence. Yeah. When you get to a teenager and you start processing that and making it into, well, I'm this and I'm that, and you cherry pick what you want to be and how you think you want to be. Yeah. But you don't know the world well enough to know how you're gonna, how that's going to work in every scenario. Completely. You're not going to be that person forever. And then you get to your mid-twenties and you realise this personality that you've cultivated is like a complete derivative of everything that happened to you as a child. Yes. And you're like, is this even real? Am I a real person? Is it just all oh, a mask? I get that all Who the am time. I? What do I actually want? What does it mean? <laughs> and then you like you get to coming up to 30 and you've got to kind of start again and like mm. put all the pieces on the floor and go, right, well, that's not fucking working for me. Scrap that. Yeah, I like can't this. Let's like stick that one in the bag and chuck that out. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Do you find that helpful? I think it's. I think you've got to do it all the time. Yeah. With everything. With every aspect. You do it with your wardrobe. Of course. You should do it with your head. Yeah. I think that's good. I think it's a good analogy. Same with the junk food. Don't put junk in your brain. Yeah. Make sure your brain's kept healthy, kept fresh, kept current. Yeah. yeah. But I don't think there's anything I could say to, like, my younger self that would change anything. Yeah. Because you're never going to get to who you're going to be. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very much into fate mm. as well. And, you know, I'm not a, a God Christian believer, but God will not send you anything that you can't handle. Yeah. I think. I know so. Completely. That's the saying, isn't it? So I think, actually, what I'd say is you've got this. Power on through. Yeah. It's going to change. Keep think. Keep thinking what you're thinking about because it's going to happen. Yeah. Keep think. That's what you've got to focus on. Right. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming, Keep girl. dreaming. Amen. It's like never-ending story. Oh. Like that play, the place, things only exist because somebody's dreamt it. This Damn microphone right. only exists because somebody dreamt it up. That's like, so true. Dream, you man. can do it. You can imagine things. You can dream things. Yeah. Make them real. So where are you right now in your mental health? Right now, right today. Right now, today. Um, it's yeah, like I said, the journey's still going, and um, after I kind of got diagnosed, I think I put it all back in the box for a bit. I was right. like, okay, I've got the label. The drugs don't work. Yeah. I'm just gonna have to self-soothe, manage yeah. myself as much as I can until I'm at a point where I can feel like I'm stable enough to open the Pandora's box. Yeah. Because you have to, you can't just keep it bottled down because it will slowly rear its head back up because, mm-hmm. you know, they do. Things don't just go away. And some things will never go away. And yeah. sometimes just coming to terms with that and being able to have more helpful techniques to, to deal with when things don't feel good Yeah, is, is what I need. So at the minute... Um, I'm actually going to start going to the doctor, the dreaded doctor. Mm. To um, have you found a good doctor? Well, I've got one around the corner, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the old NHS a go. Yeah. See how she fares. I'm still believing. Mm. I'm still believing in the uh, NHS. Uh, We're so God bless strange. The NHS. So strange, and it, I know it's like it's unhelpful, and how frustrating it can be going through the process. Yeah. And how frustrated you can get with staff and things like that. Honestly, it's it's politics. Yeah. It's allocation of funds. It's the slow privatization of the Huge NHS. Thing. Have you seen how crap our railways are now? Oh my god, it's embarrassing. I mean, so embarrassing. I tweet about it a lot. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Uh, so we really gotta like, really gotta respect it and like speak to your MPs and you know, 
get out there, hit the streets, be Busy active. Born. That's why we're doing what we're doing right now. Yeah, man. Spread that word. You've got to do it. I've always been a protester, a protester yeah. outside. You go to American the Trump protest. With Vivian Westwood in the <gasps> past and things like that. Fabulous. Yeah, I'm going to the Trump protest. I was thinking as well, because me and Arabella were speaking about this the other day, there was that girl, um, especially with like, the Me Too movement and everything happening. Yeah. There was a girl in London that got raped by several men on her walk home. Horrific. Do you remember hearing that story? Yeah, I do. So every man that came over to help her, it like sexually assaulted came and joined her. In in, yeah, it wasn't like three in a row or something. No, it was it was ridiculous. Yeah. So it's numerous individuals. Correct. And nothing not not nobody's being prosecuted. Nothing's nope. been done about it. So I was talking about with Arabella on the phone maybe only a couple of days ago and I was saying, you know what we should do? We should organise a night walk <gasps> and walk the path that she took. <gasps> I would love that. And oh, just like, chills. get Get, get the fucking women on the streets. Take back the night. We need to get to the streets, man. And, you know, because this is like, it's getting out of control. And I know there are a lot of men out there that are very um, confused on how to react and adapt to women these days. Um, and I think as well, in the 90s, there was a lot of girl power. Yeah. But lots of subliminal misogyny. Absolutely. That boys maybe Doesn't felt quite get a bit it. left out because they didn't get as much compassion yep. and empathy. It's like... The important child's being dealt with right sometimes yeah you know, that does happen and yeah i think that a lot of guys if you're if women aren't telling you you're being creepy like if no woman's ever not told you that you're probably doing okay like, you're probably you're doing not, fine probably, right like, don't beat yourself up about it too much yeah it's not gonna help but either. there are a lot of things that you could probably do better on even if and that's just like not laughing at a shitty joke about women calling you, out your friends yeah. yeah support your friends as well like call out men support yeah. women be allies like make sure like you, if you can walk a girl home walk her home don't be pervy about it don't just say call me when you get home make sure you say absolutely like, yeah there's so many easier ways to do it women do this women have like phone networks we like, literally we do we actually have to create phone networks and text trees for like so keep a track on each other safe, yeah. you know and it's you know like men men get affected by misogyny just as much as women do and it's Usually. not it's not helpful and it's i think the far feminist movement's fucking crazy as well yeah. <laughs> everyone's getting very extreme nowadays everyone's very pent up and a lot of people are getting a lot of attention in the media that are on the extremes of things and it leaves the people in the middle they probably are doing quite well yeah and probably but they don't get the press these people that mm. they don't know where where they fit and how yeah. they're meant to react in society and how to act on what's being said yeah um so i think it's more just about being a compassionate human on a base level completely Whether with you're everything a man, you're, you're a woman you're trans gay straight whatever like just treat people as fucking human beings like that's the bare minimum you have to do in yeah your life. isn't it it's not hard no we're a human being treat someone as you would wish to be treated yeah so where were we before I got No, I love that. That is a good bumper. So I'm going to go to the doctor. Yes. That's it. Go. I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to request CBT. So maybe that's something that I can kind of keep you guys updated with. I would love um, that. With the process as well and how I I think people would find that really interesting, yeah. Because I know wait lists can be long. Hugely. So, you know... I'm not expecting anything to be a swift turnaround. Things like mental health, they take work. Sometimes you have to take a step back. And yeah. You've gone too deep and you need to just process as much as you've taken on. And yeah. You can come back to it in a year, two years, ten years later, whenever you're ready to do that. But it's helpful. 
It is. It I'm, is. That's where I'm going to go. That's going to be my nice little journey. Have you ever considered doing like vlogging or anything like that? I have. Through your journey? But I'm like terrified of being in front. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking too much. I'm taking an air. Um, yeah. I'm like, I'm actually a super self-conscious person. Yeah. I think it's well because of my accent. Really? It's a bit mismatched. You have a mismatched accent. I well. have a weird freaky match yeah. accent, mate. <laughs> like, if I'm up north, everyone thinks I sound like a posh twat. Is it? Yeah. Stop. But down here, everybody thinks that I sound like, I don't know. <laughs> it's certain words, they change, don't they? Depending on where you've kind of like used the word the most. Like yeah. I say like trash and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's and weird. It's, and because I pronounce vowels differently. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the Bath grass girl, but I'm southern born and bred and yeah. I don't know. I don't Bath know where I come from. Correct. Is it? Correct. Is it correct? Oh. She does not say bath. She does not. No. And it's man, not hot, not man. Man like ham, like mom like fam. Yeah. That's the yeah, one. That's the one. <laughs> so one. you got it right, girl. So I get a little bit insecure about that. And I suppose it's different to being on stage where I have a controlled environment. Yeah. And we do have a controlled environment, but I don't want to like... It's the people's be reaction, unreal perhaps. with okay. it. I want to be very candid with it and yeah. honest, but also I think it's important. I'm only getting to know that vulnerability and being comfortable. Right, you can't that let that interrupt your journey. Well. Yeah. So it's it's like it's exciting. I'm excited about it now, but it is something that I'm working towards because obviously I want to go into comedy and things like that. Oh, so being exciting! On stage is more comfortable than like sat on my. Bed I think it's a good coping mechanism. Being like, hi guys. <laughs> Again. <laughs> you know people always say that though don't they they say I'd rather it's speak so in front of a thousand people it. than if I was to tell my life story to somebody across mm. the sofa as we are now I'd be sweating buckets but me saying making jokes about my mental health making jokes about my past on stage is far easier completely yeah. on stage is different even like earlier like I noticed my hand was trembling a little bit and I've not had any coffee or anything but that's just anxiety yeah I'm used to that constant low level bubble anyway of course but- yeah, it's it's something that that's natural, but on stage you, it's different because you're allowing people. You're creating a space. You are. A I, bubble, you're in Rebecca Crow is absolutely an illusion, like something yeah, that I created it's, it's to make myself out as well. Yeah. Which I guess for you, you have more so because you have more of a stage name as well. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I deliberately did it. My name. Yeah. So Katrina Do you find it? It's my first and my surname. Yeah. So I have no, like persona. It Do you is find that merges me. with you a lot more? Because of that? Um, I don't know. I like it in one way because it feels more authentic. Yeah. And I like to hold myself to shit. And yeah. And, like, my name's all I've got in this life. And it's always going to be yours. No one can take that from you. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think it's good, but the past can always haunt you. <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> As we have seen from the media. I mean... <laughs> If anybody knows how to, like, get most of your Google, like, search pictures yeah. and things removed, hit me up. Because, <laughs> Lord, Hello. I have tried, <laughs> but people have reblogged and reposted oh, that's it. Once and rehosted and, like... Gets taken away. Oh. On another server, it's gone. It's I mean, lost it was beautiful forever. at the time, and I was proud of it, but yeah. that's, like, a different era, like... That was my new period. Yeah. I'm not in that period anymore. It's like, <laughs> it's full colour. Come on. I feel you, girl. Yeah. What a bombshell to end on. You are such an interesting person, Katrina. Oh, I'm really you. excited to listen to your podcast. You've got to do oh, it now. I'm going to hold you yeah, to it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ring Arabella later and say, right, bitch. Let me know how it goes. On, like, Please. On a bombshell. And also one final question. What would you recommend as self-care 
to somebody that's possibly in a similar position to you? What's your favourite? Like, it doesn't have to be like well, a whatever's app, just my favourite isn't always going to work yeah. for anybody else. Um, but what do you do? Just as a suggestion. Turn the fucking TV off. Yeah. Because you can spend hours getting lost in somebody else's storyline and distracting yourself from your own. Yeah. Go in nature, mm-hmm. take a damn walk, mm. stroke some animals, oh. grow something and eat it. I think that's a good one. I've started to grow vegetables in my garden. It's I've got really some nice peas to nurture outside. them. <gasps> you can take some peas with I you. Would I've love got some, some peas. catnip I've been growing. Oh my gosh, please. See, your little kitty can have some catnip. Yeah. Yes, I think actually for me, as much as I live this like champagne high flying lifestyle, yeah. the inside of me just wants to run away to the woods so and like live off nurture. the land. Yeah. So when you have peaceful times, be peaceful, shower every day. Even if that's all you've got the energy to do, mm. shower, put clean clothes on, brush your hair, brush your teeth, don't be a cunt. Don't be a cunt. Amen, sister. I think Kathy Burke said that. Did or something she? along the lines of that. <laughs> one of my favourite quotes. <gasps> I love it. So, Katrina, where, where can we find you online? Online at Katrina Darling on Instagram. Uh-huh. And I think on Facebook, my page is Katrina Darling Official. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on YouTube if you just Google Katrina Darling and see some old performances. I've got some new <gasps> shows coming Yeah, what, what's your new shows that you want to plug? Um, oh, God, what am I doing without even looking at my diary? <laughs> I know, it's just too much always. Yeah, I'm always plugging about the West End. If you go on my Instagram and just follow my story, yeah. I usually post like every other week where I'm going to be out over the month or so. Exciting. So you can find me somewhere in a country near you. Yes, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me and thank you for being Welcome. so open and so letting me have a little insight into your life and so many helpful suggestions. No, it's my pleasure. I think it's it's the best thing you can do is talk. I think so. I fucking think so. Girl, thank you so much. Okay, so much you. love for you. Bye, Thanks, guys. girl. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.